The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. The Shack is back, and despite what Coach Mo says, it is most certainly not whack. It is I, your host, Kevin. Donnie messaged me really urgently this afternoon as we're recording this and was like, hey, Kevin, something, 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 Corona, something, something, <laughs> can you do Shaq? I'm just assuming, as I said on Twitter, that he just has coronavirus. I don't know. I know he works in emergency management. It would make way more sense if he was just working, but I'm going to say he has Corona instead, so we're just going to start that. Um, but... I think what the real reason is, is Donnie had this huge announcement last week talking about the new host of Nintendo Shack. They are so great that Donnie just quit the show. He just can't compete. So they're here with me. Instead, we have Ms. Rebecca. Hello. Hello, hello. And of course, the blandest of all explosions. Oh, hey. How's it going? It's going. How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Hanging in there. Surviving. Surviving. Yeah, yeah. we talked about that before we we went to live. Yeah, exactly. That's all that's all you really can do. Um you guys excited? Now now it's like official. It's official official. It's it's kind of surreal right now. It's like, all right, you're in this. You're you're ready to go. Let's do it. That's it. The orientation period is over. You're just Donnie throws you to me of all people. So you're in (laughs) trouble. We we ran the races. We we had the hot dog eating contest. We beat all of them. It was just us two at the end there. We, we came survived. out victorious. Yeah. We were not voted off the island. And your prizes, <laughs> you're stuck with me. Uh, that's terrible. But I will say the contract negotiations worked out much better for you guys because mm-hmm. I wasn't paid. So, I mean, I, I heard you guys got a nice signing bonus. I don't know. Wait, wait but... you guys are getting paid? <laughs> yeah. I thought I'd pay for Patreon. <laughs> Is that right? That's, Yeah. No, yeah, super happy to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, speaking of Patreon, we do have to thank our amazing Patreon producers over there on patreon.com slash BSVG, Edwin Callow, Barry Cathcart, Josh the Bonesaw, Barboni, Coach Mo, Chris McElfresh, Devin Tyus, Kyle Heyman, Paul Calcote, Michael Masick, and the Egg Shen, Zach Bradshaw. Thank you all for your love and support. Hugs and kisses and secret wishes. <laughs> As of right now, um, you know, we all know the whole Corona thing's going on and going crazy and everything's getting canceled or delayed or whatnot. And we'll we'll certainly talk about that later. Uh, as of right now, we are still planning on going forward with the PSVG house party with or without E3, apparently. So we'll we'll come up with something and still have some sort of content. Uh, we're still doing that all because, uh, quite frankly, it's thanks to you, Patreon supporters, that make it happen. So we will figure out something uh, if E3 is not occur and we will promise you oodles and oodles of content and fun stuff uh one way or another but we're here to talk about video games so let's do that let's start with well you know what ladies first mm-hmm. in the words of donnie according to this document rebecca what you up to <laughs> what am i up to <laughs> i haven't really been playing a whole lot of switch lately i think a lot of it is just me thinking about animal crossing 24 <laughs> <laughs> 7 yeah. like all hours of the day Whenever I get a chance looking up information about, well, what else is out there? What, you know, what is it leading up to? The console's coming out tomorrow, mm-hmm. which I'm picking mm-hmm. up. Um, so I'll be doing the whole transfer of everything over to the new console. Um, I've never got a special edition of a console before. So 
hopefully it's as easy as everybody's been saying to switch do the user profile, switch from everything um, to the next one. Um, besides that, on the Switch, I finished my living decks in Pokemon Sword. Um, got the Shiny Charm, got the Magirna. That's still that. unreal. <laughs> Been there, done that. Um, the only part was just getting the rest of the Galar Pokemon that I needed. Um, so it really wasn't that much because I brought everything from Bank. Um, so how long did that take you? Like, when did you start that? I started it. So it's been like a progress over the course of years, over the generations. Of course, yeah. I started like probably, I guess I would say in generation six with like X and Y. It's like when I decided I I would start doing it. Yeah, (laughs) because you still need to get all the previous generations, all the mytho, like the mythological Pokemon in those gens. Some of them were like certain events or Mm -hmm. certain tradings and GameStop. That, yeah. That's a feat to, to, to defeat. It was a lot, but luckily they make it easier than ever now. So don't like okay. be put off by it if that is thing, something that you're thinking about doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it is easier now with all the online stuff. Oh, that's um, true. Global trade and everything. They pushed out um, an update to the home app to fix oh. the... Um, there were a couple glitches with like hidden abilities and redeeming the Magirna for having the completed deck. So that is all good oh. now. Other than that, just catching up on backlog games until until Animal Crossing comes out next week. <laughs> nice. There you go. So so for Pokemon noobs, what exactly is the difference between the regular decks in Pokemon Sword and the living decks? The just living decks means that it's one of everything. So instead of taking like a Bulbasaur and evolving it into Venusaur and then like having all three entries, you have one Bulbasaur, one Ivysaur, uh, one Venusaur. Like you have one yeah, of all everything. The Pokemon. Living. That's crazy. <laughs> How many Pokemon That's is that? Is that is that a thousand? Is like, it like it's almost. up there? 800, yeah. 900 something. Eight hundred. Yeah, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Goodness gracious. <laughs> so, that is crazy. That is that is done now. Well, good for you. Good for you. And I too mm-hmm. am very excited about Animal Crossing, and we will definitely be talking about that soon as well. But before we do, Garrett, you've been playing some Pokemon too, I see. Yeah, I just uh, you know I just actually started up Pokemon Sword and Shield. <laughs> so you have them all already, right? I mean, of, of course, every single one. I have the Living decks as well. So and it only took about a week or so. <laughs> um, no, I just um, I, I've been putting it off because you know I've been I wanted to finish Fire Emblem first before I really committed to Pokemon. That was the first thing, and second thing, I know when I like I'm getting into when I'm into pokemon i'm like all right yeah i know this is the story this is eight badges i know i'm gonna get my party and go through the right like i know the drill Mm -hmm. so i'm like okay i feel the mood of going into this game now so that's that's what i did so i am on my third badge now um about to hit up the fourth badge i just like cross some bridge of the wild area gain to the um i don't know like level 20s and 30s i gotta say this this game quite different than the previous ones um so what i've done in the past uh is basically with sun and moon and beforehand i really didn't like xp share uh that much i like to grind i i do like to that's my thing and so um trying to do xp share without in like sun and moon it actually kind of sucks it's really bad um, and I'm like, okay, this game is meant to play with XP share. Now I'm getting to the point of like, well, the XP share is kind of built into this game. You can't turn so, it off in this one, right? Yeah, you cannot turn it off. Mm. And I just feel like the balancing is is very weird to me now. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just I'm I'm so used to the older Pokemon games. 
but now I'm just, Are you finding it easy or hard? I'm finding it like really easy in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then now it's it's ramping up and I'm like, why am I facing level 30s and I only have three badges? Like I remember when I was playing yellow and red where that was definitely not the case. Mm. Every um, time I felt like I was under leveled in sword, I went back to the wild area, did some raids and then I was good to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I'm still gonna I'm gonna finish it, of course, and and get as much Pokemon. I I think I can fill up the Pokemon Shield and Sword decks because I heard it's not that hard. So I'll definitely try to do that. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I've been enjoying it because it's it's a nice break from hard games, <laughs> hmm. from like Fire Emblem Hard Classic. Yeah. I was like, goodness gracious, thank God I finished that. Um, War Groove, I've tried to play it a little bit more. It is tough, man. It is like it is unforgiving. Yeah, uh, that game. So it was great to go back into the Pokemon world, just chillax and have a good time. <clears throat> I've also uh, I've been playing uh, a demo, actually, Lingrisser one and two. And so this demo um, is on Switch and PS4. It's basically a strategy role playing game uh, published by Nisa. And it is a remake of these older games that came out on Dreamcast or something along the lines of that. Uh, very similar to Fire Emblem, uh, but it has some interesting differences to the strategy. Um, it's still like a 2D, uh, you have your units, um, and it's a turn-based strategy game. Um, but instead of having just your characters, your characters also have soldiers around you. And so there's actually a lot more units you handle in the game. And it's... you really want to make a tactical where you put your soldiers next to your commander in order to get some bonuses uh, going on. And really, when you attack your enemies, you really want to go for the commanders because when you defeat those commanders, all the henchmen and units go away as well. And so that adds another new layer that I haven't seen before in a 2D strategy game. And that came out, I don't know, late 90s or something like that. So I was like, you know, it's a cool game. Um, I played the demo. I was like, this is great. I think one fallback is that it kind of looks like a mobile game to me it, mm. because um, there is actually a Langrisser mobile game on, on, on phone. And the art style is the same exact thing. And I'm like, okay, guys, come on. You're just ripping it off, just putting it on Switch and remaking the games. And they say, all right, we're going to sell it for $50. I'm like, yikes. That, that is a, that's a price that I, I don't want to pay right now. <laughs> Did you try the mobile version of it? I did. Um, it's fine. It's just loaded with microtransactions, yeah. and I don't really care for mobile gaming that much. It drains my battery, and I just don't. So is it basically the same as the mobile one, but like it's you just buy the game instead of the microtransactions? More or less. It's a different story, though. It's a diff oh. it's, it's a mobile version of the game, so it's not as much characters, not as much, uh, I, I guess, uh, game to it. But whereas this one is a remake of the older games, and it has a story, and stuff like that so um but yeah those are the two games i've been playing on my switch yeah i was looking at the that game initially launched in 1991 oh there we go yeah like it was on the original playstation like that's how in, in pc super famicon so like it's been yeah. on pretty much everything and been brought to almost everything at this point mm. so yeah interesting yeah. Yeah. um so for me uh been playing pokemon too but it's not the same one you guys oh, were playing. Yeah. Uh, for gamesreviews.com, I uh, got the honor of playing a Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. 
Uh, I have not played the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon game prior, but I am very familiar with Pokemon as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Pokemon Snap, I've never played another outside normal traditional Pokemon game like this one. Okay. Um, you can check out the full review. I'm not going to say a whole lot about this. I will say Nintendo did an excellent job with the art style on this. It is very pretty to look at. It's like watercolored animation art style. So like it's definitely an upgrade from obviously the original game, which was on Game Boy Advance um, 2005. Um, it's fun. The story is super simplistic. You basically wake up as a human that turned into a Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're journey to find out what's going on, but you meet up with your partner and decide to rescue Pokemon all the time. They apparently get into a lot of trouble. Like every day you're getting five or six requests to go rescue somebody. Now it makes sense why we catch them so easily in balls. Apparently they're really dumb because they just, they fall in a hole. They went in the woods and got lost, even though it's a woodland creature, like things like that. It's just really strange to me that you think they know better. Um, but it's kind of cool. I will say uh, it's not for a traditional Pokemon fan, I feel. This is a great entry, though, if you have kids who are interested in Pokemon, but they're not quite ready to tackle, you know, level 20 and 30 Pokemon. And before you have three badges type scenarios, this is a, a great way to get them into Pokemon. All the favorites are there. You know, you have your Pikachu, you have your Squirtles, your Bulbasaur, the whole thing. Um, and it's easy enough that little kids can play and kind of go through as well as giving you a decent story there. So uh, it's a pretty cute one, just not for people who are like diehard Pokemon fans. They're like, I want more Pokemon. This is not that. This is even more um, kid friendly than even like Pokemon Let's Go was. So it's even a step easier from that. Mm-hmm. I downloaded the demo and I didn't get past the quiz, but I I was interested <laughs> in the quiz. I liked the idea of the quiz. Um, who did you get for your quiz um, playable character and, and did you keep them? No, I did not keep him um, <laughs> because I got Psyduck. Oh my god! <laughs> Which oh is funny. Goodness. So, like, growing up, uh, Pokemon was a thing, but I was, you know, in my teens when they kind of came out, so I wasn't mm-hmm. super into it. But my little sister was, uh, and Psyduck was actually always her favorite as a kid. So I found it really funny that I got Psyduck, Aww. and I'm like, I just can't play a whole game of Psyduck. It is understanding that the game is like you're playing as that primary character. I was like, I can't sit there and look. So I immediately said, I'll take somebody else. But then I stared at that screen because there's 16 Pokemon you can pick from. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, who do I want to be? And then I eventually just went with Pikachu anyway. And then mm. picked my uh, my partner to be Squirtle. So nice. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I think for people who are diehard Pokemon fans, pick it up mm-hmm. when it's on sale. I, I don't think it's a full retail value for most yeah. people unless you have kids that are interested in playing, to be completely yeah. honest. Runs great. Everything else is fine. It's just it's not terribly difficult or you know, really designed for adults, which is fine. Yeah. Pokemon, much like Animal Crossing, uh, is made for little kids, but I still love it anyway, so it's fine. I've been a, a huge Pokemon offhand game fan as well. Mm-hmm. I played Pokemon Pinball, Pokemon Conquest, Pokemon Ranger, like all those offhand games. And I've tried Mystery Dungeon. This one actually on the Game Boy Advance did not get into it. No. <laughs> like no. I, it's it's a certain gameplay, a certain uh, like yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's easier. It's like not Pokemon, but like, as you said, it's probably good for just kids to just get into the Pokemon franchise. Absolutely. And and, and I've seen a lot of people try and say like when like describe what this game is like the, the go to I see all the time. It's like, oh, well, it's like Pokemon Diablo. No, it's not. Stop no, saying that. It's not like yeah. that at all because you don't really you don't I mean, get you can like you pick your power ups. Yeah, like you pick your power ups and your moves. Like so you upgrade that level, but yeah. it's not you can't just walk around hack and slash. It's not like that. It's still very much when you encounter a Pokemon, it still turns into turn based combat, mm-hmm. but it's just not going to that different animation. You have you know what you swirl behind and you choose it just you stay there and 
bash each other. And that's that's yeah. all the animations too. There's not like huge lightning bolts. I was like, no, you just kind of mash into each other. It says you did a move, and you know you damage them. So it's yeah. a little different. Um, definitely not Diablo esque. Other than hey, you enter dungeons and there's creatures to encounter in there, and you grab loot. That's about the only Diablo compromise it. you can make. Yeah. But in, in gameplay mechanics, it's definitely not that. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is what it is. Uh, other than that, I am playing uh, Snack World, which. Yeah. I don't hear a lot of people talking about, and this is no. a cool game. I yeah. don't know a whole lot about that. I saw that it came out, and I heard nothing. So tell me your impressions on it. So it, it's funny. So Snack World, I didn't know anything about it prior either. Uh, but when I saw it was coming up in the eShop, and I saw the name right there, I'm like, I'm in. Let's go. Snacks. I'm done. All right. um, basically, uh, you wake up in a, in a kingdom, and... You are very much like Legend of Zelda. You just kind of wake up and these people found you and took you to the inn and you wake up. It's like straight out of Zelda. Um, and you end up working for the king as a basically like a bounty hunter. So the king sends you on quests or his daughter does too, who the entire place is infatuated with. But she's just a big old diva who says, Daddy, I want this. And the king offers bounty for people to go out and get things um, such as gems or love potions, um, things of that nature. Uh, but the basic premise of the game is it's just a randomly generated dungeon crawler. So nice, almost similar to Pokemon Mystery Dungeon in that sense. Mm-hmm. But uh, instead, you're dropped in and you uh, this plays more like Diablo in this sense, because you are walking around, you are hacking and slashing. You do have different weapons and loadouts you can choose from. Uh, but you encounter these different animals and creatures inside all these dungeon environments. And you have your weapons instead of equipped like, OK, I'm going to walk around with my sword and always use that. You actually have basically it's a keychain. And all your weapons are minimized. So you have like a keychain that holds six weapons and two power ups, like your health potions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and depending on the enemy, they're weaker against certain things. So much like fire emblem, like, you know, swords versus spears mm-hmm. versus axes, things of that nature. You can load up with all these different weapons. So like I'll carry a bow and arrow, a staff to do magic a sword thing. You can choose on the fly to randomly switch weapons on the go. So if I'm being swarmed by enemies, I can say, okay, this one's weak against swords. Let me switch the sword, beat him, and immediately turn around, switch to my bow and arrow, and just start shooting at the next one. So it's pretty cool that's dynamic cool. combat that's just always going. There's not that slow time where you're sitting there looking, reevaluating your inventory, picking your different weapons. You're just constantly on the go. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game does make it easy um, in some sense uh, that when you go up to an enemy, if your weapon is not optimized against that enemy, it'll kind of flash for you to press the trigger button to switch your weapon. And when you do that, it'll go to the weapon that is automatically the most efficient against that enemy. So it's a lot of clicking, a lot of moving at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get these um, snacks that basically are creatures. You take a photo of them for some reason. And <laughs> when you do that, you can actually call upon them to be in your party. Nice. Yeah. So you can the have like snack? with you. Yeah. Well, it, they call them snacks, but, like mine's a witch i wouldn't be eating uh, a witch so i don't know why they do that i don't but know why they call them snacks then I, yeah the, the snack <laughs> there's snack, my popcorn <laughs> exactly the snack theme is pretty much in everyone's names um like the king is king papaya there's oh. a lot of things um uh chupa is a character uh bernays is another character you have that like are your human characters that you meet up with um but all your snacks are almost similar to pokemon really you have different things like witches ghosts um pigs i have like all different ones like i have like over 30 at this point but you can keep two with you at all times to kind of travel with you uh so i have one with me that that heals and then i have a witch that casts spells and then i just run in and try and kill everything as quick as possible but uh it's a cute story it's very funnily written um it's very witty very dark humor too um 
at the same time, which is funny. It's definitely like adult oriented without mm-hmm. being in your face. Like kids can play and it'll go right over their head. Um, you know, like the, the inn you wake up at the very first place, it's known as the muff in. So it's a muffin <laughs> and things of that nature. Um, they, Somebody they does a, lots of puns. Lots there's of tons puns. of puns. There's one mission. You <laughs> go get wood. You go and get wood for a guy to rebuild his house. And all of his wood fell into the lake. So the mission's name is just Timber Lake. So <laughs> Justin Timberlake. So it's like all things oh like that where they're really kind of they're very ham fisted. So it is a very funny game. It actually mm-hmm. released originally on the 3DS, but it was solely in the 3DS's life cycle. People did not buy it or even know it came out. I mean, I didn't, heard know, of it. I didn't yeah. know that until the Switch version came out. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. So it is definitely pretty cool. I th- I'm trying to see what it retails for now. Um, I think it's higher up. It's more than I thought it was going to be. I want to say it was is it 50? 50. Yeah. It was 50 or 40 when I bought it. Okay. Um, Do you think it's worth that price? I'm having fun with it, but I don't know how long it is. Um, I've mm. probably put in about 20, 20, 25 hours in on it. It's a great like lunch break um, game for me. I can hop in, do three or four dungeons, put it down and just move on. Um, I am having a lot of fun with it. If you're if you're a grindy kind of person, um, so Gary, I think this one might be one that you'd appreciate. Um, and like in the writing, I think is is really funny and really brilliant that you don't normally see in these types of games. It does not take itself serious at all, and it's very fun for it. But I just don't think a lot of people are talking about this game. But I, I saw um, Bobby the Nintendo Guru actually streaming this game at one yes. point. Um, yep. And I just noticed is actually developed by Level Five. Yes. Uh, and when I saw the combat. That screamed level five to me because I'm playing Nino Kuni, and oh yeah, yeah, the combat is very similar um, in a sense that you're you're constantly changing like like your your kind of like companions and then also yourself with different spells and trying to hack and slash and kill the like the opponent. So okay, I, I would be totally down with this game. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in the what, what you talk about the writing. The writing sounds brilliant. Oh, the writing's hilarious. You have um, there's these three genies you encounter that help you get to a different land, and they're like super like diva ish like genies that come out like, oh hey there, beautiful, like how you doing? And it's like you can take them as pets eventually, and their dynamic is unique because when you call on them, you don't know which one you're gonna get, and one of the three all have different powers and abilities, so it's real. It's like a dice roll. Like you don't know what's gonna happen when you call upon them, but. Yeah, everybody's just over the top, ham fisted puns and stuff like that. It's a really, really fun game. So I'd recommend it for sure. Um, I think that's it. So mm-hmm. I think it's time to check out the the this week in Nintendo, all the Nintendo news that came out because there was some, um, not mm-hmm. a whole lot as far as direct Nintendo type announcements, but there are stuff worth mm-hmm. talking about. Um, let's hop right into it. So then, so the first one uh, earlier this week, as we're recording this, it was a kind of a cryptic tweet from Nintendo and Lego saying, "Hey, stay tuned," and showed you like a quick picture of like Mario. And was people it were speculating. on Mario Day? On, yes, or was it the day it was. Before? It was on um, Mario Day, or yesterday, or March eleventh. Maybe oh. I don't know. I forgot. See, I thought it was Mario Day. Oh, okay. so I feel like it was more than a day ago. Did they tease it on Mario Day? And I think they came out with the the trailer today. Yes, I know the trailer came out today and they teased it earlier. And I want I want to say they teased it on Mario Day. Um, but yeah, so Lego is making. Well, first let's before we get into it, we saw lots of different speculations. Some people thought it was a docking station. I saw that rumor a lot. Mm-hmm. And they was like, oh, it's a dock, it's a Lego yeah. dock. And I'm like, look at the switch inside the Mario's tummy. I'm like, what the heck, guys? <laughs> right. And I saw that. I was like, there's no way. And I mean, because number one, who asked for that? Number two, why would you buy another dock? Like just a dock. Yeah. 
there's zero <laughs> need for that. I'm sorry. I don't look at mine to begin with. I'm not going to go out and buy a customized one unless it's with a console. Like Animal Crossing one is very beautiful, mm-hmm. but not going out and buying a, a dock exclusively just to do that. So then some people are hoping it was like a Lego Mario game. Cool. I would have been down for that. That would have been great. You know, something like that. But no, Lego is making Super Mario themed play sets. And this mm-hmm. is something quite unique i will say um so when you think of legos this is not your traditional lego at all no No. um these actually are more they're almost mega blockish as far as like their size and and the way they're kind of shaped but basically uh what they show in this trailer they don't give a whole lot of details is a interactive um digital mario so like his eyes actually move his mouth moves he has a timer and display on his chest uh, we see from his back, there's a power and Bluetooth button. And basically, you're able to create your own uh, Mario-themed levels and actually play through it. Um, the goal, all we know is that the objective is to get as many coins you can within the 60-second time there is. Uh, but we see them jumping on Koopas, uh, Goombas and Koopas, and we see them taking on Piranha Plants mm-hmm. and the flagpoles there from like the original Mario Brothers. It's a very cute um, commercial they put together utilizing the Mario classic Mario music and everything like that. Um, but yeah, it seems pretty impressive. I, I before I continue blabbing on about it, though, I kind of want to yeah. see what the two of you impressions are of this. My first question is: Is it like can you build your own course? Is that it looks what like I'm, it? Yeah, it looks like you can you can shape it to be whatever you want it to be. Yeah. Okay, that's a little better. Um, well, for me, like it doesn't matter. I'm not going to get it. It's not for me, right? It's it's not for the the older uh, Nintendo fans. It's for the kids. Um, and obviously in that commercial, that's why, you know, two little kids just, just bouncing around Mario. Um, but I think when I think about it from a kid's perspective, like looking at this, I'm like, I mean, I don't know, like, are, are kids really going to follow the rules and like you bounce the coins everywhere? It's like, or they're going to try to smash Mario into the wall or something like that. Cause I, I know some, some of my like younger half siblings, like they, they're, they're rum bunches, little boogers. And so <laughs> like, you know, Legos are fine because you can make stuff and like break them as much as you want. This seems very, I don't know, very like particular and very specific about the rules. Like you got to have like good set of kids in order to like play with this toy. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Part of me is surprised that there hasn't been something like this sooner, like just specifically Mario's and Lego. Like I feel like that idea is just has been there. Like why hasn't this happened forever ago? Um, the other thought that I had is, is kind of, you know, building off of that Garrett is that these are going to get mixed in with all of the other Legos that kids have. Yeah. And it's, it's going to, I don't know, like, it does look like there are specific sets and you need everything to be able to like play the game. That's part of it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It seems like a hybrid that they're trying out. I think they're just testing this product. And like, we know parents are going to buy this. Let's just see how the market, you know, I like the idea. Product. Yeah. Again, I'm, su- I'm surprised that they didn't do Mario Legos before this. So mm-hmm. spoilers, they did. It just wasn't Lego brand. So Nintendo did have a partnership with Connects and Mega Blocks and actually did have some product. They weren't great though, because mm. let's be honest, like Mega Blocks versus Lego, Lego. there's clearly a quality difference alone. It's like when you see like Playmobil versus Lego, it's still like it's not the same. So uh, they did do certain things, especially around Mario Kart. They would make um, blind bags and they'd also have the Mario Kart stuff like that. So they did have mm-hmm. stuff previously, just not officially with Lego. Um, in fact, Nintendo early on in their career, like we know they did playing cards. We know they did pachinko machines. They actually had their own brand of knockoff Legos they tried doing too. Mm. Um, so those, those were actually called N and B block and Lego actually tried suing them before 
for copyright infringement, but the oh, legs wow. were designed different, so that didn't go anywhere. But Lego still tried to shut them down, so it's ironic now that they're partnering you know, up. <laughs> that they're that they're partnering up. But you're yeah. right. I don't know how this hasn't happened officially. We see, you know, Lego Marvel, Lego Harry Potter. We mm-hmm. see all these great sets. You know, Disney's in on it now, and we see all these great sets when you walk through Target. And like, how has there not been a Mario one? So I kind of wish it was like that versus mm-hmm. this pseudo board game type Lego. Mm-hmm. Thing. There's always some kind of gimmick. Yeah, and there doesn't need to be. Like Legos, yeah. Legos are meant to be you just build it. I don't need digital displays and timers and Bluetooth connectivity with my Lego. That's not Lego so to me. I don't know. How yeah. durable are the electronic parts going to be? Probably not enough. I will say that. <laughs> you know, when, Legos, once you get Legos are durable. Like you yes. can't break yeah. Legos. But I bet if you step on Mario, you're going <laughs> to you're going to break something. Do some damage. He's going to lose an eye or something. You're going to do you think this will open up to other um, Lego collaborations with other Nintendo franchises? I would love Star Fox. Oh my gosh! When I saw this, I'm like, Are give we? me a Lego Star Fox. Give me, give me Fox's starship. Give me uh, Wolf's like ship, and give me Corneria. Oh man, that would be amazing. It just reminds me of Star Wars too. You know, like mm-hmm. the Star Wars Lego sets. Those things are massive. Awesome. They're intricate. They're expensive, and mm-hmm. I just don't care. I'll, I'll go into it, and I'll. I'll you know, a week to build the Millennium Falcon. So yeah, Starbucks is, is the franchise for me with Legos. I, I love building Legos. That's actually like a relaxing thing for me. Like I yeah. typically don't have any other activities other than video games to unwind, but like my wife will play, like she'll do a puzzle. She'll mm-hmm. do like Sudoku. I can't do any of that stuff. It just drives me nuts, but I can sit there and build a Lego. So like anytime my kids get a Lego set, I don't care if it's like Elsa's castle and from frozen i'm just gonna sit there and i'm gonna do it i'm gonna build it so i like doing that action mm-hmm. and this just isn't that same type of yeah. engagement so i really hope that they do and i hope that they do to every franchise i don't care like i'll build them but i want them to be traditional sets not whatever this is this is very cool don't get me wrong it's just it's not going to be as widely accepted i think by lego fans overall yeah, yeah pretty much yeah all right so Moving on to the next thing. I've talked about this a lot in Nintendo Shack, and it's gotten to the, not even just Nintendo Shack, just in PSVG in general. Mm-hmm. It's gotten to the point that I no longer even use Joy-Cons. My Switch just pretty all much right. remains docked, and I use a controller at all times because of the infamous Joy-Con drift. Mm-hmm. Yes, I know, Donnie, you can order a little kit and have it fixed. I don't want to. I spent a lot of money on you these stupid Joy-Cons. They should work. I have my original Dual Shocks from my PS4, which is older than my Switch, Me and too. they all still work. Yeah, <laughs> and they were cheaper than a pair of Joy Cons. But yeah, uh, it looks like it's going to a class action lawsuit. Um, Nintendo tried to have it dismissed, but a federal judge in Washington said, "Uh, uh-uh. so nope. we're going to see where this goes. Uh, could be handled in arbitration." Um, but yeah, California Supreme Court. Uh, invalidate it because it prevents parties from seeking injunctive relief relief from future harm basically if they did do that Nintendo could still continue manufacturing Joy-Cons and not actually fix them but not have to pay anybody else because they've already been sued for it so you know as a Nintendo fan and lifelong Nintendo fan too Mm -hmm. I still find it crazy that they haven't solved this issue they're just continuing Mm -hmm. to fix them for free and it's like as Rebecca said you shouldn't have to we spent these things are not cheap it's mm-hmm. disappointing because like you said, like I have consoles and, and controllers from Nintendo that still work from the nineties. Like mm-hmm. I still can turn them on and use them and they work yep. perfectly. So for a company that has 
like been so I feel like has such a good reputation for making long lasting products like that. The fact that that um, they don't really care more about the Joy-Con. It's kind of odd. It really is. Do you guys have any problems? Do you guys have a switch light like either, either of you? Okay. Not yet. I, I've had no issue with my switch light with the Joy-Con drift. Um, yet. Yet. I, I don't know. I, I guess I don't play much on, on my regular Joy-Cons as well because I haven't really noticed the Joy-Con drift on my console or, or my Switch Lite as well. I'm now mainly playing Pro Controller on my dock Switch. Um, but yeah, I just, I'm just hearing this issue all around and I'm like, this is a little ridiculous that Nintendo is not kind of fixing this issue. And they're going to court with this. And it's just a random person too. It's not even like a, like a company or anything. It's just, it's just one guy filing a lawsuit mm-hmm. uh, against Nintendo Switch. So we'll see how this shapes up. Nintendo, they're very notorious of, of doing court and class action lawsuits ever mm-hmm. since the 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, with Donkey Kong, they, they were almost sued by Warner Brothers because of the um, King Kong uh, franchise. They thought they were stealing, you know, a little bit of the idea yeah. from them. So, like, they're, they're not you know, novices in this class action lawsuit type of stuff. So no, you got to remember the, the Wii sleeves when they release those rubber protectors, oh, when people are throwing them at their TVs, which to me, that one's still a ridiculous one. Cause that's not a manufacturing defect. That's a human defect. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but the, this is entirely something different. And like, like Rebecca said, I still have my original game boy. It still turns on like yeah. the, the pea green and gray game boy. It still works. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that the joy cons and, and I'm not rough with my stuff. It wasn't abused. It's just, mm-hmm. that's what we used. I bought two sets of joy cons um, because me and my kids would want to play Mario Kart or, yeah. you know, super Mario party. And now it's at the point we really can't. So I actually have two, three, three controllers. And then like somebody has to be the unfortunate person to use a joy con if we have to, but oh, yeah, goodness, it's sad. Um, Next up, let's talk about the big news of the week. E3 canceled officially. Feels and, like canceling uh, Christmas. It does. It, it is. does. It. <laughs> I have the same stance as Donnie does around E3 where I get we don't necessarily need something like this anymore in this day and age. However, I appreciate the fact that all these companies decide at this time we're going to announce all of our stuff. And it's just mm. a great time for everybody to enjoy mm this falling apart and the plans of, well, maybe we'll do something later on, but realistically, what incentive do these developers now have mm-hmm. if there's not going to be a physical show floor to actually partner with the ESA to do something with them? They could just release themselves. Like Microsoft can go one week, Nintendo can go two months later, Ubisoft right. can do one. You know, they could just do whatever they want at this point, which takes away some of the the hype for me. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want a, a direct a week. I want it to be a special event when something happens and you know, yeah. it is what it is. But Nintendo's official stance, they said shortly after it was canceled, uh, Nintendo supports the ESA's decision to cancel this year's E3 to help protect the health and safety of everyone in our industry, our fans, our employees, our exhibitors, and our longtime E3 partners. We would like to express our concern and support all those affected by the COVID-19 outbreak during this challenging time. We'll continue to be flexible and redirect our efforts to other ways of keeping up keeping our fans up to date about our activities and products because of COVID-19 outbreak, large industry events may be untenable for the foreseeable future, but we are considering various ways to engage with our fans and we'll have more to share as the year continues. I find it odd that they're considering various ways, considering they're just digital anyway, (laughs) like (laughs) that they haven't been on a stage doing something in in quite a long time. And Mm -hmm. yes, we lose um, the show floor, but for a lot of people, that's, that's not a big deal. Like, let's be honest. 
for PSVG, as much as we do, especially during around E3, we're not there in person. So a digital only event is fine with me as long as it's all coordinated. I will miss Treehouse a little bit. I was going to mention the Treehouse. I think that's the other big thing that they do at E3 that a lot of people look forward to because a lot of the times it's hands-on with games. Yes. And you see more than just the shiny polish trailer. You get a little bit Mm -hmm. more nitty gritty. Although I I think with Treehouse, at least the last two years, I think, actually it might have been since the Switch came out, I didn't watch a whole heck of a lot because I don't need to see like two hours of Zelda breath of the wild, like stuff like that, where they went a little too far in some cases. Mm -hmm. Um, and some of the hosts were just bad. (laughs) I'll say it. They're just, some of them are just bad. I don't get it. Yeah. They, they seemed a little forced on Mm. on some of them. Uh, I like Treehouse because I like to keep it in the background. Yes. My second monitor to the right where I secretly work on my left monitor. (laughs) Um, but no, man, like E3 has been such a time where everyone, it's an aura. It's like a spirit like that, that comes into play it, right? It's gaming Christmas. And so, Mm -hmm since like a week before two weeks before e3 is like oh man the presses are coming in oh man look at those game announcements and the excitement and the hype is there and everyone's talking and it's like it's great and it was perfect with playing with the house party but now that cancel (laughs) it's gonna be rough it's gonna be an interesting year um and i wonder how esa is gonna step up from this because you know esa saying oh we'll have an e3 you know online kind of gathering and get together possibly but i'm like how many, how many publishers are really going to get together again on a digital platform after this? Um, I'm sure they're bummed out that they're not meeting together in GDC and now at E3. Like, you know, people want to make deals. People want to have private meetings. People Like, not mm-hmm. just a show floor in the treehouse. It's, it's everything that's happening. Um, and so it's going to rock our industry, our gaming industry, pretty big. Um, and... You know that's that's the consequence with this this virus. It's not just this industry; it's it's everything. So, yeah, you got to think like these meetings. Uh, you know the Mario and Rabbids and mm-hmm. Starlink and things like that. Like these partnerships are founded from these conferences quite often. It's not like you know somebody from Ubisoft is just going to knock on Nintendo's door and say, "Hey, I got an idea." No, mm-hmm. it's these meeting up in person, having these back room, you know, private things that happen behind the curtain. That that's how a lot of this happens, and and we're not going to see these opportunities. And also for the smaller developers too, E three might be a big thing. Like that's the one yeah. event they go to to get hands on with some people. They don't have a big presser; they just have a booth and they can show off their stuff and get people interested and get the hype build up. Hey, maybe those folks can still benefit from an ESA digital event because they wouldn't get that showcase otherwise. But Ubisoft, Bethesda, EA, Microsoft—they have zero incentive. Oh yeah, to forced uh an esa driven digital event because what does that even look like uh you know right now microsoft does what they want they just happen to coordinate it around that convention mm-hmm. like esa is not involved in microsoft showcase or bethesda's or ea or ubisoft but they just coordinate that event so unless those big parties decide to still do that same thing mm-hmm. i don't know what this is going to look like yeah and when it's e- going to look like and when esa is dropping out you know media outlets like addresses and names last year who's <laughs> going to really trust esa now on an online infrastructure on a website it's it's good that trust is probably dipped down quite a bit um so yeah we'll see how it shakes up man i'm, yeah, I'm really hoping there, there's something there in june just something there that we can um grasp onto and and of course we'll just have fun at the house party no matter what <laughs> so that's yep. fair so rebecca what do you think nintendo 
will do. So let's let's play a little speculation. Mm-hmm. So are they going to continue to to go along with ESA, or are they just going to say, hey, whatever direct we had, we're just going to push to a different time? And I mean. Kind of looking through all of these statements, they all sound so similar. Like we're we're planning our options. We're we're gonna see what we're gonna do. But I think Nintendo always likes to do their own thing anyway. You know, they were always different with doing the digital event. Like they were the first ones to do that. Um, and I almost think that everyone else will maybe follow suit with what they decide to do. But as far as Nintendo goes, like they stick to their own schedule. Um, if they have a direct ready in June, they'll have it in June. I think they'll just put stuff out when they're ready, which at this point, I don't know because normally we would have had a direct by now. So will we have one in June? Will it be later? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll get to that for sure. But I, I, I'm with you. Whereas Nintendo does go to the beat of their own drum. They're kind of doing their own thing. I could see it going through, but I'm a little surprised that these big heads, these big companies aren't already banding together and trying to plan something or like even forcing the ESA's hand to say like Microsoft stepping up saying, okay, listen, I want something to happen. Let's go. Let's, how do we push this out? We have two consoles coming out this year. Why wouldn't they just do their own thing? Cause well, so Microsoft is very pro gamer period. I think they like the idea of having the whole event with everybody there. Uh, they often feature a lot of different developers on their showcase already. Like they're inviting Ubisoft to come on and highlight a game or EA to highlight a game at their presser. So they're already open to having other people on their stage and sharing that spotlight. But I think they want that media attention. Like you look at, so if Microsoft does a press conference, they'll get coverage from all the gaming outlets. They'll do something. But during E3, you have like, USA Today, you have like the New York Post doing articles that typically don't cover games unless it's, you know, a parent blames, you know, video game violence for this murder or something like that. Like, that's the only time you see those things. Yeah. This is the whole world stops and looks. It's like Comic-Con in, in San Diego. Like, the whole world stops and watches that. Same mm-hmm. thing with E3, I think, and versus a standalone one. That's a really good point because normally... I wouldn't really care for like the other um, developers. Like um, I wouldn't care for Xbox. I wouldn't normally watch that if they just Mm -hmm. put something out, but E3 week, I watch all of them. I at least have them on, even if I'm not like, you know, interested in buying the games, I want to see what they're doing. Exactly. Um, So you're right that it it does bring all eyes towards them. Yeah, I think. And with two consoles coming out this year and Nintendo, which we'll get to in just a second. I keep teasing it, but <laughs> no plans have heard from Nintendo really at all for this year past Animal Crossing and two consoles yeah. coming out. Like they all have skin in the game right now to get as much media attention as possible, I would think. So yeah. let's let's transition to the other thing. So we have direct rumors flying once again because Nintendo fans can't let a week go by without claiming there's a Nintendo <laughs> Direct. Um, we're seeing strong rumors from a lot of different outlets and sources. Um and a lot of them actually reputable. I typically don't dive into the rumor mill as much as Donnie loves to, mm-hmm. um, but I've seen it from a lot of different folks and not just this one random person who got something right five years ago and says, there's a direct coming. So everybody's like, yes, there's a direct coming. Cause this person said so. Yeah. Hey, Kev, a direct is coming next week. That's right. I, pre- oh. Hey, once again, I predict the animal crossing direct. I'm saying you say it enough <laughs> times. It'll eventually happen. Exactly. Um, so we haven't seen an actual, traditional Nintendo Direct, non-Nindy, non-focused on one game in more than half a year at this point. So we're due. Um, But the rumors are saying that we're not only getting one, we're getting two. Uh, Likely happening March 18th and March 26th. One, the first one on March 18th, will allegedly 
focus on indies again another indie world presentation i still prefer the indie name i don't know why they got rid of that um which to me makes sense because that's before animal crossing you don't want to put a spotlight game before animal crossing at this point from nintendo Mm -hmm. but the second one on march 26 will actually be a traditional one with big titles um while i think the logic there makes sense i'm hard pressed to believe we're going to get two Mm-hmm. when we're halfway through the month already i i don't know um but just going with when nintendo announces something like yes at this point i've heard so many rumors so many things in the past two months i'm like you know what didn't they say two in february too yes yeah probably uh, yeah yeah most yeah. of the time um but like we said in the last story like e3 with nintendo we really don't know anything we know xenoblade chronicles definitive edition is coming out mm-hmm. but that's if we don't have a release date for that, we just know it's coming. Supposedly mm-hmm. we don't have anything else. Like we can speculate, Oh, Bayonetta three and Metroid prime or Metroid prime remaster or whatever the case is. Like we have nothing. Shimagama Tensei five, please, please. Oh Maybe. man. I haven't I mean, seen that in forever too. Like, right. I, uh, and I'd be all for it. But then you think that those are the kinds of games that come out in Japan and then like a year later get translated and then mm-hmm. hit us. Mm hmm. Do you yeah. think they're unsure about what's coming out this year because of possibly problems in production for games? I think that's a big possibility, as well as even just the development of games and crunching and, and trying to finish them. Because if, if a studio gets sick and it spreads, it, there's only so much you can do, and then things get shut down. And I think with Nintendo, we don't know what they're bringing, so I have a feeling we're getting a lot of ports or remasters this year, which depending on what mm-hmm. it is, I could be all for. I'm fine with it. But the typical direct fanfare would go nuts if all their show is remasters and definitive editions and whatnot. Nothing big, new blockbuster game. So I think Nintendo's holding the cards close to their chest. And I would have said they're going to hold all the blockbusters for E3 because we know there's not going to be a blockbuster that's going to drop between now and June. Let's be honest. like There's, there's not going to be anything huge. We may get a port or something like that, we're not getting, you know, Mario Odyssey 2 before June. So they mm-hmm. could wait till then and show them all, blow our minds, and that's how they win or steal some spotlight in E3 versus, you know, the new Xbox and the new PlayStation. They're not launching a new console, so all they have is the games to show. So I would say any big, huge announcement they're going to keep until then, but now with that canceled, who knows? Nintendo may sit there and say, we're, we're not going to show anything. Then. We, we have no pressure now. We can just wait. Or they could show everything next week. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I, I, I just, you know, all the speculation is like, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of thinking, like, what's the newest games that are going to come out? It's like, I kind of know the, you know, Xenoblade Chronicles. I'm very excited for that. I'm wondering when that's going to uh, release either. I, I think the possibility in May or in the fall, it doesn't matter. I can't wait for it. Um, but I'm, I'm just excited with what Nintendo brings, man. It's just something from, from Nintendo of America. St- I stop with the other speculations. I'm like, I, I'm tired of it. Let's just let's be patient. We, we know Nintendo has something up up their sleeve. Yep. Yep. I think I would be more anxious about it if Animal Crossing wasn't coming out next week. But for oh, anyone, who anyone who doesn't like, uh, what did you say? It's delayed. Did you? Hear? It's delayed. Oh no, that's that was my biggest fear. No, I think anyone who's not an Animal Crossing fan, like I don't know, mm-hmm. what are they looking forward to? Yeah, and that's I, so. I said that um, I was on Breaking Bells with Nintendo Guru this past week. And we even said that we're like, okay, this is a weird moment in Nintendo history where the most anticipated game is Animal Crossing. I don't think that's ever been said no, ever. Never. 
And there's so many people talking about Animal Crossing that like two years ago, I'm like, you didn't care about Animal Crossing at all. Like why? So I've played them all since Mm -hmm. GameCube and I bought the GameCube on day one. So like I've been that person for whatever reason, Animal Crossing appeals to me. But there are so many people I know that are buying the games and they're like, oh, I can't wait for Animal Crossing. I'm like, you never cared about Animal Crossing ever. I wonder how many I wonder how many people are checking it out because they don't see anything else coming out. That was my point. That was my point. So and I'm worried because then it's like, is this game going to be like initial sales are going to be great. And then reviews come out and people are like, this is what this game is. This is dumb. And then like, boom, drop it. And then all of a sudden Nintendo gets bad press because Animal Crossing was the one big game and nobody's playing it or whatever the case is or, you know, smaller than expected or playing it type deal. But I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But yeah, supposedly when is um Persona 5 Strikers supposed to come out? Uh, later this year, they, uh, released it in Japan, uh, last okay. month. I know. So they're probably doing some localization. I forgot yeah. if, if they set out a day, maybe they said summer or fall of twenty. Yeah. I don't, I don't recall. Cause I would say I could see that in the Nintendo direct, like them pushing that. Yeah. Because I still find it. I mean, I've been on the record with this one. I find it very weird that Joker was added to smash because he has no ties to any Nintendo console at all. Yeah. Persona has no ties to Nintendo console at all. Um, so that this would be their one entryway in. So I would almost bet money on the fact that it would be highlighted in Nintendo Direct because they want to try and make yeah. that resonance there with fans. I wouldn't be too excited for a Persona 5 Strikers trailer. And I think the Persona 5, like there, there's an audience for it. And they're yeah. going to I guess like a trailer would be good to grab mm-hmm. other new people. Um, Just drop a yeah. trailer and give a date. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much all the news. So let's, I, let's dive in. Oh, good. Can can we have one more just discussion? Go ahead. Re- Reggie Philzane. Oh is, yes, yes, yes. He is uh, decided oh, yeah. to join the board of directors at Games uh, GameStop. Uh, this is an interesting move uh, coming from him. Uh, we know he's retired. He's just you know he got away from Nintendo. He's been teaching some classes uh, over at the University of Washington or around that area. Um, but now he's deciding to to be in this board. Um, I, I, I don't know how much role would that be really? Um, that's not going to be a, definitely not a full-time job no. uh, whatsoever. And, you know, he says he's, he's excited to be in it. I wonder if it's just like a, a side creative project for him to, to join this GameStop. And he was like, yeah, let's see if what we can make out of this. But I really wonder what kind of ideas he has for that business. Cause we know that GameStop uh, is on the downturn. Their stocks has been lower than ever. Um, I know that a local GameStop has closed uh, in my area, and there's only one in like a 20 or 30 mile radius of me. And it's, I don't know, it's just uh, its just weird to see GameStop, uh, you know, going out like this, and we'll see if Reggie can, you know, spice it up a little, spruce it up a little bit uh, with this business. I don't know. What, what do you guys think of Reggie uh, joining GameStop? I think he loves the industry and yeah. he probably couldn't stay away from it for too long. Um, and he has a long history of being a business leader before Nintendo. So I think yeah. if anybody can save GameStop, I think he could. Okay. So I'm, I'm a little on the opposite side of this a little bit. I think he was bored and he's like, Hey, I need something to do. And this is a tie back in. I'm sure they gave him a lucrative deal to sign on, mm-hmm. but keep in mind that boards of directors don't really, have too much of a say 
like boards of directors are made from people that are work in that company and also outside that company. So like Reggie's not a GameStop employee. He's helping things that CEOs and stuff decide whether or not they should do it in the interest of shareholders. Reggie could sit there and say, well, the shareholders best interest right now is to sell this whole company off and just get out of it because it's tanking. And that's mm-hmm. the end of GameStop. I don't think he would do that, but I'm just saying. So, like, as, as Gary says, with GameStops are closing, we see GameStop's new focus now is to make them into gaming cafes, yeah. which sounds like a nightmare for employees. Like, the last thing I would want, first off, I'm not a huge fan of most GameStop employees anyway nowadays, but the last thing I would want to see these people deal with is, okay, now it's in the mall, parents are dropping yeah. their kids off, and you have to deal with, you know, 20, 15-year-old kids or 12-year-old kids playing Fortnite on your PCs and, like, what does it look like? Yeah. What if they break something? I don't something? think it what would it, like, turn into that. It's terrible, but that's what they're setting uh, up as. Like, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know what the focus is there, but I think like for GameStop, that whole thing, the game cafe is a huge swing and a miss. Real. I don't bad. think he might bring new ideas. He can, but th- the board of directors doesn't have any power other than to try and sway CEOs' interests. Like he can't sit there and say like, "Well, I think the best thing is this," and everyone's like, "Okay, let's go." Like they really just vote on things that the company already decided they're going to do. And they will say, okay, we'll let this go because we think this is for the best interest or this isn't. So I don't, he's not in a position to really officially walk in and say, Hey, so glad to be here. Here's all the things I think might save your company. Like they don't typically act in that fashion. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. But they typically don't. Like, they're more just about uh, decision making around the hiring and firing of personnel, like CEOs and and COs and stuff like that. Like, he would have says in those types of things. dividend policies like payouts executive level compensation things but not really like the line level like here's the store transformation model like they don't get into those things they're more wall street level type decision making so i I think it's a good move it's a good pr thing for sure because i mean no matter who you are and what your fandom is in in video games like everybody loves reggie like he's just that Mm -hmm. kind of character you can love him so it's good press for gamestop who needs it right now because they need a win in any sort of form Mm -hmm. um but I don't think it's really going to change a whole lot as far as GameStop is concerned. I think GameStop really has a lot of skin in the game on these new console launches. And if they don't go in their mm-hmm. favor, it's going to be a huge, massive blow to what's left of GameStop, I think. Mm-hmm. I think Reggie, both Reggie and GameStop understand they got to change the business model yeah. somehow. And so I think I think Reggie's just going to fill in some ideas like, hey, um, let's see if we can work out the kinks of these new business models, these business ideas. Um, gaming cafes. Yeah. It it sounds like a nightmare what you're describing, but there's actually a a gaming restaurant and cafe in my hometown, uh, Frisco, Texas, uh, it's actually made by the CEO of Gearbox, um, called Nirvana. And it's actually a pretty classy, high class place. I don't imagine GameStop being like a high class gaming restaurant or coffee place, but it could be a little bit higher tier than, than what you're thinking of. Like a, I think a GameStop daycare, it sounds like a daycare mm-hmm. center. To me. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. like a traditional cafe, like you're describing, like we see them with board games happen all the time now. And like you said, there are a few of the actual video gaming. Those I get, and that's not a that bad so model. Walls. Right. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. There's just the GameStop location doesn't appeal to that. And they're not going to like, they're not serving any food or beverages or anything like that of that yeah, nature either. It's like, true. this is a retail store that for some reason they'll let you sit down at their consoles and play. And yeah. like you, you think about when you walk into a GameStop or a Toys R Us back in the day, like the kids would hover around those, those consoles to play the demos. Like this is just worse in a larger scale in my mind. That's the only thing I'm scared. It's like, I don't see yeah. it as a win. And like, what, what's the gain there other than getting people physically into your store? Like, That's what are you true. winning there? Yeah. What's the revenue or what's right. yeah. Okay. Right. So I don't know. 
Let's Val, see. Val bring that up. So I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, folks, it's time to hear direct from you with this week's shock questions. First one comes from Donnie, who, by the way, I forgot to say at the top of the show, he he genuinely is very upset he couldn't make the show mm-hmm. um, because of work things. He really wanted to talk the E3 stuff. He really wanted to talk about um, the Nintendo Direct rumors. So like I said, he, he loves the rumor mill. Uh, so he is still here in spirit, though, because he submits our first question. Mm-hmm. Does 2K making arcade football mean the NFL will hit switch now he's saying he thinks it's mainly a mobile initiative um but yes in case you weren't following 2k actually got the right to make nfl games mm-hmm. but they're not going to be in the spirit of like a madden or direct competitor of anything of that nature they're probably more likely to be arcade games uh, mm-hmm. possibly even like we see return like the backyard sports series if you remember those back in the day i love the backyard sports. <laughs> we mm-hmm. could see something like that come through there uh but do you think we'll see something on switch from this announcement hmm I don't. I I'm not a big NFL guy. Um. So when when he means like, well, NFL hit Switch. What does he mean? Like like, like we don't have an Switch NFL hit? game on Nintendo Switch at all. I mean, we'll we'll get it. We'll get like the sports games, as you can say, right? Because they 2K got the the marketing deal. But like, yeah, we're not gonna get the real life Madden, you know, NFL yeah. simulation games on them. Yeah, that's totally possible to get the arcade games on there. Um. Because like. You know, 2K probably wants to be console agnostic as much as they can. They're third party. Like, I would think they, so. Yeah, they want they want to put it on PS4, they want to put it on Xbox, and they want to put it on Switch and, and, and PC. So, and it's probably it's just another great ad revenue for them um, to put it on Switch. It's a, it's a great audience, and they like that. You know, Switch is more of a you know with Nintendo, more of a cartoony, more imaginative uh, kind of audience, and so I think you know these sports games probably would hit. Um, quite a bit you know I, I think it could be popular so rebecca any thoughts i don't i don't really have too much of an opinion on it i think all of that makes sense i, I guess it would decide on if they think enough people would buy it on switch versus other consoles okay i think it's fair i know is kind of a standard answer but no it makes sense and, and we have another football related question so actually mm-hmm. just jump right to that then to make to make the most sense of here so coach mo says madden as the best game of all time, why do you think the Switch is nervous to bring it to its platform? So Garrett actually said exactly my thoughts on Twitter earlier was Switch isn't nervous about anything. It's EA not wanting to bother to port over yeah. their games. You know, initially they used to claim it's, well, the sales aren't there. Well, Nintendo sold so many consoles at this point, the market share is there. It's yeah. the Frostbite engine that they use won't run on Switch at all. So it No, no, the work. thing is FIFA is on Switch. Right, that's what I'm saying. It requires the extra work to, for them to port oh, it, yeah. and see, they I don't see. want to do that again for two games, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. You think FIFA, that sells worldwide. NFL mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily sell worldwide. Oh, so it's just that's the biggest the cost, thing. yeah, with sales yeah. and everything. Um, okay. But yeah, it's 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 a huge miss, I think, for sports gamers. I'm Again, I'm not a huge sports gamer either, but I do like the arcade sport games. I'll, I will always play those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think EA is kind of dumb for not doing something. It, I mean, literally, they could just make Madden, but do like the SNES version of Madden and just update the rosters and release that on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you people would buy that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you look at things like Super Mega Baseball that do really well without any official licenses as well. Like you could do the same thing with football and do it. And I just don't know why nobody's really pushed for that. So I think 2K would be really dumb to not do something like that. So yeah. we, we need something here. It's a huge gap in the switch ecosphere mm-hmm. um that's something would have to come out of that i think 
Yeah, I guess I haven't really realized it because I'm not a big, big sports fans. But yeah, I'm surprised that there's not much too many sports games on on the Switch. Like I, I see FIFA. Well, is is NBA 2K on there as well? I think, I think so. so. Yes. I think so yeah. too. Okay, so it's really Madden in football. One of them, I think. That's uh, that's that's missing out. So yeah, it would be great to to see these arcadey football games. Uh, the only sports game that I really care that I would get on the Switch would be MLB The Show, which is now going. Multi-plat. Oh, multi-plat. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Going to going to that Xbox. I'm excited. So. Hopefully Switch. I don't know I, if it will. I, I, don't I don't know. <laughs> that would take Maybe. a lot of work, to be honest, because the, the show is one of the best-looking games out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. I mean, it definitely could run. We've seen things descale down. I'll take it. Yeah. You'll take, you'll take whatever mm-hmm. you can get at that point. <laughs> That's fair. Um, all right. So jumping around, Kabowski says, I want to see if my fiance, who isn't much of a gamer, would be interested in Animal Crossing. What's a good elevator pitch that I can use to explain the game to her? Rebecca, ladies first. On that <laughs> <one>. <laughs> woman to woman, speak to Kabowski's fiance. Every single time I try to explain Animal Crossing to somebody, they don't really get it. It's one of those things that like either clicks with you or it doesn't because you have to be okay with a game where you don't have like a set objective and Mm -hmm. you're setting your own objective. Mm -hmm. You're making your own goals. So it might not sound fun to be like paying off a loan and be tending to plants and and flowers and stuff. But um, I don't know. It's just the most relaxing game ever. Like if you're into things like Stardew Valley or like any kind of Harvest Moon types of games where it's not exactly like that, but if you set your own objective and you just want something like that you can play for 20, 30 minutes a day to relax and unwind, it's the perfect game for that. You're friends with animals. You talk to them. You go fishing if you want to. Maybe one day you want to like dig for fossils. Maybe one day you want to catch bugs or, you know, visit a friend's island. It's just whatever you make of it. Um, And I think it's so peaceful. Like the music is peaceful. Talking to the animals is peaceful. It's just a relaxing game. That's what sells it. Garrett. Uh, So uh, as you guys know, um, not a huge Animal Crossing fan. Uh, I have played New Leaf on the 3DS for a good amount of time. It wasn't a small amount of time, maybe like 10 hours or something like that. But I know Animal Crossing fans can be like, oh, no, you need to play at least 100 hours in order to play in all the pretty blue gold flowers or something. I was like, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) and, And I couldn't have said it better myself with Rebecca. It is a very chill game. It's something that you just want to set your mind to for like just a limited amount of time and in daily as well. Um, and yeah, you just make friends with these furry animals. You, you know, you clean up weeds on your plant. Oh, like guys, I'm, sounds, I'm not. It sounds bad, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah. You, 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 you pay off a uh, debt from this, this, this guy that's like a, a billionaire capitalist called tom nook um and then you collect fossils uh, all the time i think that was the most interesting aspect of animal crossing to me is the collecting and the museum and that's actually my favorite in stardew valley as well the shopping mm. too you can buy clothes and get a huge wardrobe. oh yeah designing i wasn't a big Every fan of that. The store gets new clothes you know what that that's great for the fiance hey you can design stuff like crazy you and you clothes. can yeah and, and there's a lot of fashion and clothes and so there you go. I, I, customization game. That's that my is. pitch. 
That's my pitch. It's, that's fair. That's fair. I, I do agree with Rebecca on the relaxing atmosphere thing. Like, it's the best chill game ever. It's it's the perfect game for non-gamers, really. Mm-hmm. But if you were to sum it up, if, if you're a fan of HGTV and Animal Planet, you just kind of... And that's the game right there, man. You do some feng shui, you talk to some raccoons and tigers, and it's it's a day. Um, one thing I do want to address that Garrett actually reminded me of, uh, Donnie said, I don't know if it was last week or before, he was talking about why why do Animal Crossing players always have to measure the game and how many hours they've played and i answered this on breaking bells because i i was like mm-hmm. screaming at my car radio when i heard this on the podcast i'm like because that's the only way to measure that game there's no oh, end yeah. you can't say i made it to chapter two you can't say i made it to <laughs> i i can i beat the game no it's literally how many hours you play and for most people so you said like oh i played for 10 hours that's a lot or i gotta play for 100 hours no you need to play it for a year because mm-hmm. you don't even experience the whole game right. unless you play it in every season. Like that's the biggest thing. Which that's a big ask for a lot of people. I I totally get mm-hmm. that. But that's that's where my barometer is. Like you got to play at least a year before you can say you know Animal Crossing, because you ain't even seen some of the things that they do for like one week out of an entire year that happened. That's totally different than it is mm-hmm. any other time. Agreed. So sounds there. You go, Kabowski. Or you can go with uh, Jason's answer on Twitter, which was, uh, or no, it was in the Discord, was uh, you tell her that if she doesn't play the game, the wedding is off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a great comment. Yeah. He then actually withdrew his question, said he found his answer, but we still answered it anyway, Kabowski. So. <laughs> um, Devin asks, poking deliberately at me, mm-hmm. where's the new Pikmin, guys? Now, yeah, where is it? Where is it? I don't Not know. Happening. Oh, it'll, it'll, happening happen. it'll eventually happen. It's got to happen on the Switch for like, like, we'll get a Switch Pikmin like later on. Maybe, I don't know. The one that year. was almost completed like six years ago. <laughs> That's what I was going to bring up. I'm like, I've mm-hmm. been waiting. For, so I'm a huge, huge Pikmin fan. And my mm-hmm. wife has been holding over my head how I traded it in and traded in the Wii U to help pay for the Switch because we were told Pikmin's ready. The new one's ready to go. And now she can't play Pikmin anymore. She holds it against me and brings it up pretty much monthly how much she hates the fact that I did that and I'm evil for doing so. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been waiting for that one that they said a long time ago was ready and done and ready to go. And they confirmed that it wasn't Hey Pikmin. So it's not that the 3DS one. Like it's killing me that it's not here. And I think, you know, I hate to keep saying it, but like this year might be the good year for it because mm-hmm. Nintendo hasn't announced any big games. This is one where you can slide in and will sell decent because we don't have a lot to choose from right now at mm-hmm. Nintendo, but I don't know. I don't know. I've been hearing so many rumors about a Pikmin three port instead, which I, I, I'd be fine with that too. Cause you play it, yeah. but I mean, give me both. Like, it's Pikmin. like the Metroid. Yeah. It's like the Metroid prime. Like I want the trilogy remastered and I want four same thing. I want the Pikmin games and I want four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, Brian asks the best, best sick day games. Now for me, right off the bat, mm-hmm. We talked about it numerous times. Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. That's the one because it's like, yeah, you don't have true. to feel good. You can just play and you're like, whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think. You don't have to really. You just go. But. Any games like that, like Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, anything that I feel like doesn't have like anything stressful with it. You're not going to get mm-hmm. angry about losing to a boss or, you know, trying mm-hmm. to grind for the next thing. It's just mm-hmm. doing whatever you want to do. Mine's a mixture. It's like I sometimes want to play strategy games like Fire Emblem or Wargroove. Um, that 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 seems like a great amount of time you're going to lose too, right? Mm. Like it, you're just going to get into it and you're going to just grind it out. And and if it's a sick day, it's like, man, I have now the whole day to 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 be just sunk into this game. And it's like, oh, that, okay, yeah. that's the game I would like to go to. 
Um, if I want to play, if I have like 20 or 30 minutes or 45 minutes, I may not go to those type of games because I would like to actually at least start and finish a match. Um, but other than that, if I want something relaxing, like something like division, something like very ease off my mind, um, Pokemon as well. Uh, so, so not, not Fortnite. So not Fortnite. No, okay. no, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't deal with that. <laughs> My siblings play all the time. I see Bobby playing all the time. I see you playing on. I was like, nah, I can't handle it. I, I, I don't know. I can't get away from it. That's my problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brody asks, who is your favorite Animal Crossing villager? So Garrett, being the biggest Animal Crossing fan here, why don't you of go course. first on this one? <laughs> okay. Who Who's the uh, the mole guy that, that comes out of the ground and yells Res- at me? Mr. Rossetti. Rossetti. Mr. Rossetti, I, he, he yells at me. He's the only one that gave, like, I feel like has a personality to me because <laughs> he actually <laughs> yelled at me and, like, went on and on about, like, how I dirtied up the place and I neglected people. I'm like, oh, You got to play some of the older Animal Crossing games if you mm-hmm. like the ones that are mean to you because some of the ones oh, in the yeah. games are brutal. Like, New Leaf, they're mm-hmm. all angels even though yeah they're all angels but yeah um i was playing wild world not too long ago like because mm-hmm. i keep thinking about animal crossing and i want to play the new one um the villagers are mean like i okay. talked to someone for the first time and he's like ew that's an ugly shirt get yeah. out that's <laughs> that's, awesome. I'm not joking. like he said that oh my god so they're brutal i would love that so there you go that's <laughs> really my answer villagers rebecca who's your favorite I have two favorites. Um, they were both in my New Leaf towns. I like Wolfgang because oh, okay. he's he's mm-hmm. super snooty. He's um he's a wolf. He he's kind of cranky. And then um, Molly, she's the duck. Oh um, yes, okay. She um she was also in my New Leaf town, and um she was just adorable. So they're my two like favorite villagers. Okay. Um, for villagers, for me, uh, I've always liked Puck, who's the penguin that wears the hockey gear and the little helmet the old school hockey helmet. Um, But my favorite character in all of animal crossing though is Brewster. I really like Brewster at the coffee bar. Uh, I am still in mild distress that we haven't seen any glimmer of him in the new animal crossing yet, but I really, really hope they kept that mechanic. I know. I hope he'll be in it too. I love the cafe, but yeah. Um, Last question. You two can feel free to answer it as well. Um, but it's really addressed to me. Chalfie asks, if Kevin no longer hates everything, does he now love everything? Question mark. Big I don't know. Do you love everything, Kevin? No, I still don't. No, no, no. I, I hear it all the time. It's okay. It's okay. I'm to just hate less angry of... about it. Yeah. That's all. It's okay to hate a lot of stuff and, and love other things. You just said it... go for it. I said it on, I think it was We the Gamer cast with Sean, because he asked yeah. me a question similar to that, too, I think if I recall. The Kevin hates everything thing was really misstrewn a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because I like yeah. to hear people's sides and reasoning behind things. I'm, I've, and this is maybe a Northeast thing for me. I'm not that person that's like, something is announced. Yay, I'm happy for everybody that likes it. I'll want to know why. Like if I think something's mm-hmm. kind of dumb, I'd be like, okay, well, why do you like it so much, Garrett? And I, I like that discourse back and forth because you may actually change my mind. I'm not somebody that just shuts it right. down. I like that conversation. A lot of people apparently don't want to have that conversation. They just want to like it and me not ask why or challenge it at all. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where Kevin hates everything came from was the fact that I just always thought that I hate everything when really I'm just mm-hmm. more curious and want to. You had a great a example with, with Donnie. It was the Dragon Ball Kakarot. Yes. Uh, 
game that, that Donnie is like, why are you hating this game? And he was like, I'm not hating it. I mean, I like it. It's just like, it's not for everyone. It's not a good or great game. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just a matter of difference of opinion. You know, right. you, you just say how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's best. So, no, I don't love everything. That's not changing. <laughs> um, what do you say, guys? We call it a show. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Where? Can people find you guys other than this great show going mm-hmm. forward each and every week on PSVG? Garrett, where can people link up with you online? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bland Explosion, and you can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Bland Explosion. Uh, I will stream more this weekend. Um, I'm also part of the hashtag stream team of the PSVG, and I will be streaming something tomorrow evening. So keep your, or, or Friday evening. So, so keep your pe- like eyes peeled on the PSVG uh, Twitch uh, profile. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Just to clarify, we don't want anybody to actually peel their eyes. That's don't very, very peel bad your eyes. You, don't, don't do that. It'll hurt. Yeah. So don't do it. That's not good. Uh, Ms. Rebecca, where can people find you and follow you online? I am Forest Minish everywhere. You can find me on Twitter, Twitch. Um, say hi to me on Twitter. If you want to check out my writing, I'm also uh, a Twinfinite. So say hi to me anywhere. And you were yeah. streaming on Chrono Trigger. On, I on was, Twitch. yeah. yeah. I, I saw that. Because I like to add games to my backlog, I started playing Chrono Trigger. So I'll be streaming that this weekend as well. Nice. There you go. There you go. So if you want to follow me, you can find me on all of the things at PSVG Kevin. I, of course, encourage you all to head over to the website, psvg.blog, to find all the great things we do as well. If you want to support us, head over to patreon.com slash PSVG. Uh, I, too, uh, participate in the stream team. So depending on when things are going, I either have super early morning or week en- a weekday nights when nobody mm-hmm. else is streaming, I guess. So depending on what Garrett's playing, maybe I'll jump in tomorrow. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you most importantly for telling a friend. Spread the good word of PSVG to everybody. Good night, Koopalings. Bye-bye. Whenever you're ready. All right. This is Frederick from Fire Emblem Awakening. And I forgot the line already. What? been a production of the play some video games podcast network find more great content at play some